My first question here for the CEO of the Tickety Talk is, what colors the algorithm, and will it make my children talk to me again if I pour ketchup in my router, yes or no? Yes or no, please. Attention, South Dakota residents. Everything is fine. Everything is beautiful. Go back to your homes. Go back to your jobs. Trust in the authority. Work. Stay asleep. Work. Stay asleep. Work. Stay asleep. Work. Stay asleep. Keeping you docile and distracted during times of uncertainty. This is the South Dakota Department of Propaganda Podcast. Here are your authority figures, Steve and Corny. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the South Dakota Department of Propaganda podcast, a cynical attempt to distract you from the systematic dismantling of everything you hold dear. I'm your host, Steve, and with me, as always, is my good pal and show mascot, Corny. The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is that good men do nothing. That's great, Corny. Anyway, this week's topic is the outing of a neo-Nazi of national infamy right here in South Dakota. A prominent neo-Nazi recruiter and podcast host has been unmasked as a 29-year-old South Dakota man whose podcasts, until today, were widely available on popular platforms like Audible, Deezer, and Spotify. These slickly produced podcasts have helped promote dozens of neo-Nazis and white supremacist groups, including a Nazi homeschool network based in Ohio. And like all good neo-Nazi grifters, He also runs a merch site and sells t-shirts, hoodies, and bags emblazoned with his site's logo. Riggin Lynn Shear from Brookings, South Dakota, has been operating in the Midwest under the name Gordon Call, in homage to the original Call, who was a neo-Nazi and anti-government protester from North Dakota, who ultimately was shot and killed by law enforcement during a shootout in northern Arkansas in 1983. Scheer's identity was first revealed by the anti-fascist researcher at the Anonymous Comrades Collective after he helped promote the Nazi homeschooler couple from Upper Sandusky in Ohio reach a national audience by hosting them on his podcast, Achtung Americaner, multiple times. Scheer was also an administrator on the couple's dissident homeschool Telegram channel, despite having no children. Scheer has been active in the Midwest's neo-Nazi space for years. National white supremacist groups have used Sheer as their go-to person in the Midwest when they needed new members vetted, according to the researchers who have been tracking Sheer's career for years. Despite the openly racist and anti-Semitic content in Sheer's podcasts, they were freely available on a variety of platforms this week. However, after Vice News brought Sheer's podcast to its attention, a Spotify spokesperson said in an email that, The content in question has been removed due to multiple violations of our platform rules. Vice News has confirmed that the podcast is no longer available on Spotify. Deezer said it was reviewing the content and would make a decision on whether it is deemed harmful, hateful, or illegal content. Audible, which also listed the podcast on its platform, did not respond to Vice News' request to comment, but appeared to have quietly removed the content from its site. The podcasts are hosted by Libsyn, a large U.S. podcast hosting company that, among other prominent shows, hosts WTF with Mark Marin, a hugely popular comedy podcast. 
Libsyn did not immediately respond to a request for comment. On his own podcast, Scheer appears to see himself as a unifier of the white supremacist movement, hosting racists of all stripes, including longtime neo-Nazi Billy Roper, violent Iowa-based neo-Nazi group crew 319, and Patrick Little, who was recently identified as the person behind a series of anti-Semitic robocalls targeting Sen Diane Feinstein. In one recent episode, Scheer interviewed the Texas Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan and told his listeners that he hoped some attempt can be made to broaden cooperation between the different ideological tribes of our people. There are now 17 podcasts listed on the Americaner website with a total of almost 500 episodes in the archives dating back to 2018, and the number of episodes published every month has increased dramatically since July 2022. The podcasts are created by a variety of well-known and not-so-well-known neo-Nazis, and all of the podcasts are aimed at the white supremacist communities. In real life, Scheer has been just as involved in the Midwest's white supremacy scene. He has acted as a lifeguard at secretive real-world meetups, known as pool parties, that are organized by racist groups like The Right Stuff, The National Justice League, and Patriot Front. However, in recent months, Scheer had a falling out with these groups and is now seeking to build in a neo-Nazi podcasting empire on his Americaner website as a challenge to the largest network of white nationalist podcasts, The Right Stuff, led by white supremacist Michael Enoch Painovich. Scheer also runs a Telegram channel with over 900 members that is filled with racist, homophobic, and anti-Semitic content. When Vice News asked Scheer to comment on the revelations made by the researchers, he replied, I think you should go catch AIDS instead. The Anonymous Comrade Collective researchers were able to identify Scheer in a number of ways. They first looked at the at Gordon Call Twitter account and found that a previous iteration of the account used the name at Big Rig Scheer. From that, combined with the fact that Scheer had stated he came from South Dakota on Twitter, the researchers were able to identify a single person living in the state with the name Riggin Scheer, who lives in Brookings. The identity of Call was further solidified when the researchers found a document uploaded to document-sharing site Scribd that described a racist, tabletop role-playing game, RPG, like Dungeons and Dragons, which Shear was a big fan of. The document's author was listed as Gordon Call, but the metadata linked to the PDF showed that the author was actually Riggin Shear. Vice News reviewed the document, which is still hosted on the site, and was able to verify the researchers' findings. Shear's RPG is called Rahowa, the Meme Wars. Rahawa is a commonly used term by white supremacists meaning racial holy war. This is how Shear describes the game in the document posted on Scribd. The year is 2045. Whites are a minority, living in a hellscape of diversity and gay shit. We've passed Piss Earth. We shot past Septic Earth. We're in radioactive AIDS Earth. Jews run the world in the open. Their hordes of colored slaves hunt the few remaining Aryans like Morlocks hunted Eloy, and many whites serve willingly as slaves to their Semitic overlords. In the game, players take on enemies called Negroids, Beaners, Thai Ladyboys, Shitlibs, and Zogbots. One enemy known as the Giga and Asterisk 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 has a special ability to chimp out and deal extra damage points to the players in gameplay combat. Little is known about Sheer's personal life. He has a limited social media presence outside of neo-Nazi telegram groups, and a Facebook page he operated was set to private on Monday. 
In one post on Telegram speaking about his personal life, Shear states that he has fairly low standards when it comes to women and has no success with them. On Twitter, he previously wrote that his ideal woman would be Kentucky neo-Nazi Audrey Skeens. Shear was also concerned about his real name potentially getting him in trouble within the community. He told his followers on Telegram that due to his questionable last name, he had conducted a DNA test to make sure he wasn't actually Jewish. He wanted some kind of proof if I ever needed it. This has been a big turnaround for Shear, who tweeted in 2020 that he had once thought of himself as a Bernie bro, and has recounted a story from over a decade ago when he was on his way home from vetting a potential recruit when he was in a car accident and nearly died, but was saved by a Native American who came upon the accident. Racism is officially canceled, Shear wrote at the time on Telegram. Next month, Shear will host an in-person meetup he described on Telegram as a potluck event called Americaner Feast, somewhere in eastern South Dakota for Our People. Shortly after the Vice article that broke this story was published, Riggin was interviewed by Dakota News. On my website, I advocate for white people, specifically for people of the upper Midwest. We refer to ourselves usually as Americaners, in reference to Germanic Scandinavian heritage, Shear said. Shear discusses a wide variety of topics on his website, from what he calls the Ohio disaster cover-up to hosting longtime neo-Nazi Billy Roper, as well as interviewing members of the Ku Klux Klan. The argument that people in the media give is that people like me are rude to members of others' races or are discriminatory. My argument is, if being discriminatory is the problem, why are these others' groups not censored in the same way that I am? And the answer is simple. Discrimination isn't actually what anyone cares about. What they care about is making sure that white people don't have a sense of unity and don't have a sense of shared purpose. And that's the purpose of my site now, Shear said. Prior to the Vice article, Shear was an employee of Bell Brands USA. Since its release, Shear says the article was passed on to family members, and he was let go from his job. In this country, we are, at least in theory, supposed to be allowed to speak whatever we want as long as you are not advocating for illegal activity or violence, but apparently that is not the case. If you say certain things that are lawful and legal, you get fired, and if you say others things you don't, those things are entirely based upon whether or not you are the correct race or you have the correct political opinions. I think that's unjust, Shear said. As a result of the news that Shear's podcast is taking place here in South Dakota, several organizations have formed a coalition to speak out against white supremacy, including South Dakota Voices for Peace. As soon as I read it, I got sick to my stomach, and my first thought was of my son, being a nine-year-old Jewish boy. What kind of hate he's going to experience in his future when someone so close to home is perpetuating such disgust, said Jen Dreisky, the deputy director of South Dakota Voice for Peace. Matilda Oppenheimer, the treasurer at Mount Zion Congregation in Sioux Falls, is one generation removed from the Holocaust. Her grandparents are believed to have been killed in a concentration camp before her father escaped during what II. She believes Shear's podcast is dangerous. He's using words, not necessarily actions, but who is he inciting into action? It's horrible to think about it. It's the kind of thing that keeps one awake at night, Oppenheimer said. We asked Shear directly if he agreed with the article calling him a racist and a neo-Nazi. I don't identify as a neo-Nazi, and I also don't view the term racist as being a useful term. I don't know what that term even means. 
It appears to just be something you use against white people who object to that sort of characterization of our people and our history, Shear said. It doesn't matter how you spin it. At the end of the day, he's a racist. He's a white supremacist. He can glamorize it however he wants. But at the end of the day, what he talks about and how he frames his feelings about anybody who is not like him, it is dangerous, Dreisky said. Scheer went on to add that he believes Vice's goal when they released the article was to scare him into shutting down the website. He says he will not do that, and instead plans to produce more content according to Dakota News Now. Senator from Kentucky. Reserving the right to object. I'm unlikely to take First Amendment advice from someone who believes that the First Amendment doesn't protect the Communist Party. Uh, you'll find no greater foe of communism, no greater critic. I've been a long-standing critic of, you know, really the funding of research in Wuhan that led to the virus. And yet I still want to protect the basic Bill of Rights, the First Amendment that protects his speech, whether we like it or not. And if someone doesn't understand that communism actually is included under the First Amendment, that terrible speech that we object to is included under that, this is something we should be very wary of. We should beware of people who peddle fear. We should beware of people who peddle half-truths. Almost everything that's been said about collecting data is in all likely true, likelihood true, all the social media companies collect data. They devise algorithms. Some of the domestic ones have psychological experiments that might horrify you to see what they've got all the young kids thinking and doing and trying to get them to click on different pictures or trying to get them. This is a marketing stratagem, and they all do it. And they all want to make money, and they all want to get clicks. The difference is this. Many people on the right, in fact, some on the left, they are horrified by big tech in our, com our country. They're consistent in being horrified by the abuses of big tech here and also TikTok. But look at their legislative proposals. Many of them would actually ban big tech here as well or put it under the thumb of government or set up government agencies or panels to determine what speech would be acceptable. And if you're not putting enough conservatives on there, by golly, we're going to have a government commission that's going to determine what kind of content gets on there. These are scary ideas. Don't succumb to fear. Don't give up our freedoms. Don't say that, oh my goodness, we're going to ban 150 million Americans. This isn't just about the company. This is about the rights of 150 million Americans to get their content. You're restricting what they can do, and you're restricting what they can use, all with innuendo. Everything that's been said about, oh, this is a channel and a funnel to the government, these are all to the Chinese government, these are all conjecture. These are all things they're saying happen. As far as the sale of the company, I don't think we should force them to sell, but I do believe in a heartbeat they could be sold. They're located in the Cayman Islands. 
They're incorporated in the Cayman Islands, and they can be sold at any minute. I don't think we should force them to sell. The majority of the shareholders are not Chinese. The two engineers that developed it are, but to say that the algorithm has to reside in China and is in one tiny place and isn't anywhere else is a simplistic notion of the way technology works. The company has bent over backwards to work with our, with our government to try to set up something that would be reasonable, including more go government oversight. So I, for one, will say that I will continue to defend the First Amendment, and those who believe that the First Amendment doesn't protect this speech are in the wrong, and they'll find that out when the Supreme Court rules on this. I object. Objection is heard. Madam President. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to call into the podcast, you can leave a voicemail at 605-937-8925. You can also send audio by direct message or record a message and send it to infosouthdakotatruth.com. Just remember, anything you say or think while calling will be recorded and may be played unedited on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the South Dakota Department of Propaganda podcast.